I'm Pastor Mike Landsman, and you're listening to the podcast for Zion Stone United Church of Christ in Northampton, Pennsylvania, taken from my Sunday sermons. During these times of uncertainty as the coronavirus continues to spread, I pray that the peace of the Holy Spirit would be with you and your family. Here's what we have for today. The, the sermon title for this morning is called Faith Versus Doubt. Can you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our strength and redeemer. Amen. In today's text, the gospel reading, we find Jesus' disciples in a boat during, the stor- during a storm on the Sea of Galilee. Stormy waters on this body is certainly nothing new to them. We all know that they were fishers and probably endured a lot of storms during their time before Christ called them to be fishers of men. We learn in Matthew chapter 8, starting at verse 23. Then he got into the boat and his disciples followed him. Suddenly a furious storm came up on the lake so that the waves swept over the boat. But Jesus was sleeping. The disciples went and woke him saying, Lord, save us. We're going to drown. He replied, you have little faith. I think he just heard that phrase not too long ago. You have little faith. Why are you so afraid? Then he got up and rebuked the winds and the waves, and it was completely calm. The men were amazed and asked, What kind of man is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. But in today's text, we find a different circumstance that frightens the disciples. Starting at verse 25, Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. Let's take a few minutes to look at the background of today's text. The Bible tells us that John the Baptist's disciples recently informed Jesus of the beheading of John. And we all know that John was the man who baptized Jesus in the River Jordan. Jesus' response was to get into a boat and head to a place where he could privately grieve John's death. However, a crowd followed him on foot from nearby towns. The Bible also tells us that he had compassion on them and healed their sick. As evening approached, the disciples asked Jesus to send them away, but Jesus took five loaves and two fish and blessed them so there was enough to feed 5,000 men plus women and children. And there were 12 basketfuls of leftovers. I can remember hearing this Bible story as a child and visualizing Jesus blessing the food and thinking, wow, what a miracle that must have been. So here we are, the morning after that fantastic miracle, and the disciples are in the boat, and again, finding themselves terrified at what they thought was a ghost walking on the water. And of course, what are they, what's their response? They cry out in fear again. Lord, save us. How does Jesus respond? Verse 27. Take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. This is a reminder to the disciples that he is always there to provide comfort and care. Take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. How many times in our life do we cry out in fear? Lord, where are you? Lord, do you hear me? Jesus, please help me. I can't stand this. Do we take courage? Or do we look for a sign? Do we surrender to our fear, or do we continue to cower and depend on ourselves to find an answer? 
Unfortunately, these words, take courage, it is I, don't be afraid, do not really satisfy the impetuous Peter. Remember, Peter was the one who drew his sword and cut off one of the ears of the soldier's ears in the Garden of Gethsemane the night Jesus was taken prisoner. Peter's response is, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come to you on the water. Now, if you look closely at that, you can see that Peter has already set himself up for failure. Lord, if it's, I'm going to add another word, really you, Lord, if it's really you, sounds like doubt has already overtaken his faith. Peter then follows his doubt with somewhat of a challenge. Okay, then tell me to walk on the water too. Another way of saying that is, come on coach, put me in. I can do this. Jesus agrees and says, yeah, you can do this. So Peter gets out of the boat and starts walking to Jesus, but because of the waves and the wind, he loses his determination, or as some people says, he loses his guts and starts sinking. So the natural response was to cry out to Jesus for help. Lord, save me, I'm sinking, I need your help. And in verse 31 tells us immediately Jesus reached out his hand, caught him, you of little faith, why do you doubt? So, why do we doubt? Jesus calmed the storm with his voice, fed 5,000 people with only a few loaves of bread and two fish, and then walked on water. In light of these examples, why would we ever lack faith? Well, one answer is fear. Like the disciples, sometimes storms pop up in our lives and scare us half to death, like the storm this past week. That's what storms do. It's only natural for a dog to cower and crawl under the bed when he hears thunder, for a child to cling to her mother when she sees lightning, or for a driver to pull over when he can no longer see the road. And like this week, we all took shelter when threatened by a tornado and heavy rainfall. What else scares us? Things like global pandemics, contentious election cycles, horrifying diagnoses. Have you ever heard the C word during a doctor's diagnosis? I have. It's really draining. I can remember distinctly that the blood drained to my feet when the doctor said cancer to me. Economic downturns, anger and strife within our family and friends can cause us to question our faith. That's exactly what happened to Peter in today's gospel and exactly what the disciples did in chapter eight. All Jesus does is ask, oh, you of little faith, why are you afraid and why do you doubt? Like any good teacher, he already knows the answer to the question, but he wants to know it too. He wants us to know it too. So why do we doubt? Why do we fear? It's because we're humans. Fear is quite literally part of our makeup. Humans are wired with a fight or flight response. We have this reflex for a reason. When our lives are in jeopardy, we're naturally inclined to react in fleeting ways. Oh my gosh, I'm scared. I gotta, I gotta get out of here. When that happens, we tend to leave calm, rational thought behind. For that, uh, for that reason, we often need some assistance getting back to a more faithful frame of mind. Like, you can do this, don't be afraid. In order to maintain a faithful frame of mind, and as part of this church leadership, 
I believe that communication is extremely important, and that is why I try to connect with the church staff on a regular basis, as well as the other members of the consistory and the congregation. I hope and pray that our members and friends of our church are also keeping in touch and praying for one another. To say that the last several months has been difficult would be an understatement. The elders have met several times to discuss regulations by the CDC, the Penn Northeast Conference, and the Pennsylvania governor. We continue to review those options as well as addressing the needs of our congregation. Just this week, we heard from an individual in Kansas that at one time, as a child, he attended this church and enjoys watching this service. God bless you. We started this process on March 22nd, and we are averaging approximately 200 viewers per week between the period of March 22nd until last week, August 2nd. We've improved the quality of the service by obtaining a new audio system as well as a professional camera mounted just below the balcony. Thank you to Steve Beaker, our organist, for the countless hours you dedicated to this installation, and thank you to you, our listeners and congregation, for their continued prayers and financial support. Remember, as we face the storms of life, faith is more important than safety. Faith is the foundation of our Christianity and is as important as food, water, and shelter. This is the message of the cross. This is the message of Jesus' whole life, and faith is what Jesus wants Peter and all of us to focus on when storms come. I have to admit that we're not always perfectly faithful. During these uncertain certain times, it's not unusual for doubt and uncertainty to creep in, creep in and take our minds off of Christ. During these times, we've got to remember the words of Jesus. Why do you doubt? We must refocus on our faith. So how do we do that? Well, one of the first things that we can do to, to learn to refocus on our faith is to read the Bible. And why is it important? People say, oh my gosh, this Bible is thousands of years old. But God's truth is in here, and God's inspired words are in here. So it's very important that we read that to try to understand what God is saying to us. The second thing is that we need to pray. A lot of people have talked to me and they say, Ray, I don't know how to pray. Well, I'll give you an example, and I've given this many, many years uh, to my, my uh, Sunday school class. Think of the words acts. We all have heard acts of kindness. Acts, think of this as you're praying. And pray with me as, as I go through this, acts. The first word is admonition. Dear Lord, our gracious heavenly Father, how great you are, how wonderful are your marvelous works, how we should praise you for all these wonderful things that you've given us. C, confession. Dear Lord, I'm very sorry for the things that I did this past week. I know I've fallen short of your glory. I know that I've fallen short of my expectations, and I've, and I've said and done things that I shouldn't have done. P, thanksgiving. But Lord, I'm still very thankful for all the wonderful blessings that you've shared with me and my family during this past week. S, supplication. These, this is the time that you ask for things. Dear Lord, I need your help on these problems. Dear Lord, could you please help me out with all of these things? And, we say, and as the Bible tells us, anything that we ask for in earnest will be granted to us. And the last thing that we need to do is worship together. And obviously we're doing that today, even though the pews are empty, and I realize this is a new, a new type of thing, 
and we've all gotten used to it, and I welcome you, and, and this is part of the worship that we are, that we have to sustain right now, and I'm very grateful for that. So worship, prayer, and read your Bible. And the other thing that we do is each Sunday we confess our sins. We admit that we always don't get everything right, but we repent and recommit ourselves to walking in God's ways once again. And as I constantly remind myself, God is in control. I'll say it again, God is in control. How about you saying it with me? God is in control. Please remember that throughout the week. And if there's nothing else that you remember about today's service, please remind yourself, God is in control. Please pray with me. Lord, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and wisdom to know the difference, living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, accepting hardship as a pathway to peace, taking as Jesus did this sinful world as it is, not as I would have it, trusting that you will make all things right if I surrender to your will so that I may, I may always be happy in this life and supremely happy with you forever in the next. Amen. Thanks for listening to the podcast. If anyone listening is in the area here in Northampton and in need of help or food or supplies, please reach out and let us know through private message on our Facebook page, Zionstone UCC, or through our website, zionstoneucc.com. To all who have given and continue to support us during the closing of the church during the coronavirus, thank you so much for your love. And may the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be among you and remain with you always. Amen.